0: Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website, Quipster.net. You can find all of my written work there at that website stemming all the way back to 1996. Quipster.net. That's dot rnet Today I'm going to be looking at the remake, reboot, reimagining, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's Ghostbusters. It's a comedy film. There are some horror elements here, but I wouldn't say This is a particularly scary movie at all. It's a PG-13 rated because of supernatural action and some crude humor. It runs an hour and 57 minutes. The cast includes Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones as the main players, Chris Hemsworth, Neil Casey, Andy Garcia, Cecily Strong, Michael Kenneth Williams are given supporting roles. There are a few cameos in this film, but I won't really discuss too many of them within the course of this review or how they fit into the film overall because that is one of this fan service film's main delights. Paul Feig is the director. He also contributes to the screenplay along with Katie Dippold. In this film, Kristen Wiig is playing a woman named Erin Gilbert. Gilbert is an ambitious associate professor who's seeking tenure at her prestigious university in New York, Columbia University. She ends up losing that when a book that she had written years ago on ghosts surfaces. And that puts the credibility of the institution in question, so they are reticent about letting her remain in the faculty. It turns out that her writing partner for that book, Abby Yates, played by Melissa McCarthy, she republished the book recently because it had previously been out of print and is now doing successful on, I think, Amazon is where they show it's being sold. She ends up, after Arian is basically given her walking papers from the university, she ends up cajoling her to just come help her and be her research partner in being a paranormal investigator along with her current research partner, a kooky gearhead engineer named Jillian Holtzman, played by Kate McKinnon. They initially find success in being able to trap and perhaps even get rid of ghosts with Jillian's devices. And their continued pursuit and research leads them to actually end up finding a way to make it lucrative. They start a business. They take on a fourth team member in a woman named Patty Tolan, who is played by Leslie Jones. She's this streetwise MTA subway employee. She's one of the person who has seen in person a particularly nasty apparition while exploring the subways of New York. And Patty ends up having a knowledge of New York that will be of particular help to the other three. So she gets hired on, and they also take on a daft but very hunky administrative assistant in Kevin, played by Chris Hemsworth. However, as successful as they are in either capturing or killing these ghosts, the ghostly activity within the city seems to be on the rise, Signs end up pointing toward this oddball loner janitor named Rowan, played by Neil Casey. Rowan seems hell-bent on bringing the generally unseen demons and ghouls to the earthly plane, to the plane of mortals, and he is basically trying to start some sort of apocalypse because humankind hasn't been so kind to him, he thinks, in appreciating his genius. So I guess I should say that the elephant in the room for Ghostbusters is that ever since it had been announced, basically a tornado of negative publicity has been surrounding the project. The specifics, the more they came out, the more it basically agitated a whole group of internet bloggers and people in comments, forums. You know, basically the ugly side of the internet all came out. It was pretty much fueled by a lot of fanboy fanaticism, a very distinct lack of flexibility of opinions, or the kind of maturity that you would hope people would have who are claiming to be adults whose childhoods have been robbed of them because they dare change the nature of the Ghostbusters, whether it's to women or to not have the original cast or whatever. You know, a lot of these people, unfortunately, don't know how the rest of the world actually works outside of their incestuous comments within the blogosphere. So the knives were out, They pretty much were looking to kill the film before it had even begun, much less had been set for actual release. But now it's been released, and what ends up happening is those knives have not only missed their intended target by a good measure but actually ended up smiting the wielder of those knives. Not fatally, but in a way in which the general public, who had heard all of this negativity... You know, all of these guys are going to various websites, IMDB, Rotten Tomatoes, driving down the user meter, the user ratings, because, hey, they probably have nothing better to do, I guess. So the general public, seeing all this, have been taking the time to see the film for themselves... And they've come away, by and large, liking it. The critics have been favorable as well. I think it's like 73% or something on Rotten Tomatoes at the time of this recording. And so all of this energy that has been expended by a lot of these people to try to take down this film have ended up hurting their own reputation because I think that people are going to be less susceptible to believing the anti-fan hysteria that surrounds a lot of these remakes of hallowed childhood favorites in future releases. So in addition to this, I also think that the amount of malignant commentary has ended up actually helping the new Ghostbusters because it has placed the film into the realm of being an underdog because I think that if there wasn't so much hatred for Ghostbusters given by those fanboys, and I guess there may be some fangirls in there too, I don't want to be sexist here (laughs) it caused viewers who might have been more critical if the film was say hyped or overhyped before its release, now it's put the film into the realm of that underdog like I mentioned, and so people are actually applauding, they root for it, they clap for it to be successful in the face of so many detractors who have been very very vicious toward the film Now, it's not that the 2016 version of Ghostbusters will change any of the haters' opinions who may or may not actually go out and see it, but if they did see it, I think that they would find as many faults within the film to be able to justify clinging to their initial response. In in that way, it's much like one's significant other who would find flaws in their partner shortly after they're convinced that the relationship will never work. So they basically just look for anything, everything to cling to as to why they should just end it. So no, this remake is not going to replace the original 1984 film in the hearts and minds and the Blu-ray collections of those who've cherished it over the years. It does fall short in pretty much all of the departments that anyone really cares about. It's not as funny. It's not as scary. There's not as much cast chemistry. You know, the action isn't as good. The soundtrack is dismal compared to the original, and the ingenuity that's used in the special effects work is lessened. I do realize that the effects in the 2016 version are technically much better. The, you know, they're they're much more detailed. The original Ghostbusters had special effects that were very primitive by today's standards. But I do think that the new special effects are maybe too good in a way, if that makes sense. They stick out so much that they don't really blend well, especially when compared to other major releases in the movie theater, with live action, you know, this is a very different era where we see some very realistic special effects. There's a kind of cartoony nature to the special effects here. The lighting is weird. The way that, you know, humans interact with the effects, it's not very seamless. And it leaves a lot of these effects as a distraction instead of an enhancement. And a lot of the characters look like Instead of being actually interacting with the ghosts on the screen, it looks like instead they're in the middle of a virtual reality experience instead of, well, I guess reality. And it should be mentioned here, you know, I'm not trying to be overly critical for the makers of this film for not being as successful as the original. Very few films are. I count Ghostbusters as one of my favorite comedies of all time. You know, not even the original cast or the original director or the original score. Almost every important person returned to make Ghostbusters 2, but even they could not replicate the magic of the original film when it was released in 1989. So really, what chance could there be when you have an entire overhaul of the series with different actors playing different characters to have the same premise? Not very high. So the best we can expect from this film is for it to be entertaining i guess at the very least if it's not going to be as good so interestingly the makers of this film rather than kowtow to the heat of the fury of a thousand internet flamers i think that director paul feig has decided to get the last laugh a little bit here there's a little bit of blowback he makes his main villain of his film one of them i guess or at least how these internet flamers are generally perceived. You know, a lot of people just expect that these guys have no lives. They're emotionally immature dwellers of their parents' basements, as they said in their backlash to the haters. And they typically lash out at anything that they even mildly disapprove of as a way to strike out when those things that define them, such as their comics, their movies, their video games... They've been altered in order to be more inclusive of the rest of the audience that may not have been as into those properties as they are. So they generally shun these properties because they're trying to be more populist. And by being more populist, these things are being taken away from them. At least that's how they supposedly feel. I'm sure everybody has their own reasons for hating on Ghostbusters. Not necessarily all sexist, although those are the ones that tend to be the most vocal. Luckily, most of the people on the internet only lash out in words, whereas the person in this film tends to take matters into his own hands, which makes him far more disturbing, I think. You know, this is a very meta film in many ways. I think the only really direct way that they dealt with the flames is in a very playful fashion. There's one particular scene in which they have had a video of their ghost-busting activities uploaded to YouTube And they end up reading the reaction in the comments, and they find them to be quite negative, including one particular gem, ain't no bitches gonna hunt no ghosts, which obviously is echoing the kind of comments that the makers of this film were getting throughout the entire production from these detractors who were railing against the casting of all-female Ghostbusters. So... No, Ghostbusters, the 2016 version, is not as good as the original film, but I do think that there is a point to score in its favor, and that is that it's actually not trying to best the original film so much as to pay a great deal of homage to it. This is a fan film through and through. You know, this definitely would be a lesser experience if there had never been that beloved comedy original to build upon, And the makers of this film know it. They offer a plethora of Easter eggs for those who remember the 32-year-old film. There's a lot of choice cameo appearances from the original cast, including some familiar ghost characters that you've come to know and love from the original film. There's a few familiar locales here, too. And all of that stuff was put in here to help pass the torch of credibility from the old fans to becoming fans of this new venture. So, in fact, the movie does play out much more like a loose-hanging remake of the plot of the original film. I do think that this one has more modern, improvisational, comedic sensibilities. It's a very different vibe that you get from the film, because the world that they've inhabited is a wholly comic creation. If you think about the 1984 film, We had comical characters who were in the so-called real world, whereas this one, it seems like the entire world is kind of in a comedy, if that makes sense to you. The makers, I think, are also definitely not looking to score originality points. They just, in the end, want to earn a few solid jucks and for the fans of the film to walk out with a smile. I think where the films differ, of course, is in the characters and the cast And I do think that that's also where this version of the Ghostbusters excels. I think the strong points are the cast. Wig and McCarthy, they're always very funny personalities to just admire in their performances. They don't really completely cut loose as they have in other films in these respective roles here. Some people might actually call them very subdued compared to what we've seen them do in the past. Instead, the more so-called out-there character work is given to Kate McKinnon in a role that's so daffy that she will likely be seen as a movie stealer for a sizable percentage of the viewing audience of this film. Leslie Jones is also here. She gets a lot of the more audacious work, and she's not as hilarious. She's more of an earthy character, but I do think that she offers more to the comedy side of things than Ernie Hudson had been afforded in his stint as the non-scientist member of the quartet. Winston, of course, from the first two original movies, Also, I think the use of Chris Hemsworth, who has really come into his own in recent years as a pretty great self-deprecating comedic character actor in some of his more recent movies. He's also one of the film's greatest highlights. He plays this extremely dumb but also extremely lovable hunk that Kristen Wiig's Aaron character can't get close enough to. And along these lines, I want to tell you... If you're a Chris Hemsworth fan, you should stay through the end credits for a pretty funny extended scene that involves his character that looks like it had likely been intended as a set piece within the main body of the film. I do think it works much better out of the context of the film and into the credits. And along that note, stay through the entire credits. There's an extra short scene at the very end that may or may not be a sign of things to come, depending on, I guess, how well this film does at the box office. While Paul Feig does pull through with the comedy, if there is anything that's sorely lacking from this version, other than you know Rick Moranis and the late Harold Ramis, of course, it's the excitement in seeing the ghosts and in the resulting mayhem that they cause. So the moments of interaction between Bill Murray and the special effects ghouls in the original film made for some very classic funny moments, some funny lines. You know, those are real highlights. Whereas In this film, they result in some of the lamest jokes through the movie. And further continuing along this line, the last half hour of the 1984 Ghostbusters, it really crackles with a certain energy and a certain anticipation. It actually was suspenseful, and there was excitement to seeing the boys battle to save New York from certain disaster. In this film, it's very noisy. The finale is very extended, and I think that if you were looking for a time to head to the restroom, if you were kind of holding it throughout, this would be the time to do it once all of the ghosts break out. You know, you would never do that with the 1984 version of Ghostbusters, but in this one, all there is, is for many minutes is a lot of cartoony ghosts. They're wrecking havoc on the computer generated city. There's not much to raise in terms of pulse rates for us in the audience. We're just looking for the next gag line because this film really is riding along its biggest asset, which is the cast of funny actors and their chemistry and what they do with each other. So while they're interacting with these ghosts that we don't care about doing stuff to a city, we don't really buy. You know, we've seen a lot of destructive cities in movies in the last 20 years, so, you know, this is just another one of them. It's hard to get really thrilled by it. By diminishing the amount of jokes... It does make for kind of a weak way to end this film. So, all in all, I think taken for what it is, this is a movie built solely to be a lightheartedly goofy, energetic, fun dessert flick to entertain young and old. So, Paul Feig's Ghostbusters does succeed at drawing out just enough chuckles to earn its keep. And I do think also it dishes out just enough of that daffy charm and those likable characters. To make most viewers willing to climb on board for future adventures, regardless of whether the star's chromosomes are XX or XY, we ain't afraid of no Ghostbuster gals. This is a pretty good film for the fans, I think, who don't feel their childhood is going to be taken away. You still have the original Ghostbusters. You'll always have it. It doesn't matter how many times they remake it. It doesn't matter who they cast in it. You'll always have the original Ghostbusters. No one's childhoods are taken away. In fact, the way I see it from this movie, and the way that it basically bends over backwards to pay homage to the original film, this really is a love letter of its own sort to the original film. I mean, you have Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman as producers in this film. You know, basically they've blessed this film. Just take it for what it is, two hours of cotton candy entertainment, and enjoy it. So I'm going to give the film three stars. It's not a good film by traditional sense, but it is a fun film. And so for that, for a fun evening with your friends or with your parents or with your children, I think that this will probably hit the spot. So three stars out of four goes to Ghostbusters, the 2016 version. If you want to see what I thought of the original Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters 2, you can find those reviews on my website. You can go to quipster.net, q-w-i-p-s-t-e-r.net. If this is your first time listening and you want to hear more of my reviews, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button. If you've been listening for a while and you do want to support the show, You can do that either by going to patreon.com slash quipster and pledging a donation that helps the show out in terms of audio equipment, hosting, as well as catching all of the movies that are out in the theaters. Or if you don't want to spend money, you can actually just leave a review on iTunes and let other people know what you think of the show. Until next time, thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoy your time. Anytime you go to the movies, and if you go out to see Ghostbusters, I'd be intrigued to know what you think.